You are listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast by The Crossing on how to live into God's bigger story. Hi, welcome to A Bigger Life. I'm Dave Kober. In our last episode, we looked at Psalm 38. It's a psalm that is one of those psalms where David is fed up with his sin. His life is is stinking and festering with his own sin, his own foolishness. And he's just in a place where he's desperately coming to God. He says he's bowed down and prostrate before God in the humility, the failure his moral failure, and he is realizing that a lot of the problems he is having in his life are because he is his own worst enemy. And so we looked at that, we prayed through that, and we saw how God has built in, by his Holy Spirit giving us these prayers in the psalm, he has built in, baked in, so to speak, our need to come to him with sin. That he's not surprised by our sin, the sin is the reality of our sin is built into these 3000 year old prayers just like it's built into the lord's prayer forgive us our sins and so we need to see that as part of not what's uh desired by any means but it's just the reality that god allows us to come before him this side of the resurrection because he has taken away our sin and will give us a resurrection without sin. And so this is how we we deal with sin in our life. And David was talking about how in, he, in Psalm 38, that there's no health in my bones because of my sin, for my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They're too heavy for me. It's a lot of like what he says in Psalm 32, verses three and four, of just the weight of his sin. And it's 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 to the very bones of his body. And I just think it's a principle that's true that uh, there's been this book called The Body Keeps the Score. It's the idea that when we when we don't deal with things in our life that bring us shame and bring us guilt, when we don't confess it, deal with it, verbalize it, process it, that uh, it's not as if it just goes away. It's being kept in the body. And I think that's what David is saying in this 3,000-year-old prayer. That's the the wisdom of scripture, it's nothing new. Our body keeps the score. Our body holds our sin. Our double life is held in our body and it manifests itself in health issues, pain issues, all kinds of problems. So we want to be people who confess. We want to be people who just verbalize our sin, literally even out loud, verbalize our sin to God. And we did uh, that in a general way. I can't verbalize your sin. You can't verbalize my sin. So that's, there's a limit in these podcasts, but we did it in a general way and you want to be specific when you do it. But I want to look at Psalm 11 today because I think the next step is to embrace our desire for God's righteousness. So what we're not doing is pretending to be righteous. We're not Part of living a double life is not just ignoring our sin, but it's pretending to be righteous. We don't want to do that. We don't want to live a double life. On the other hand, we want to embrace righteousness as our pursuit. So when we think about all the places in Scripture that talk about what it means to be filled with God's Holy Spirit. For example, we've looked at this before, but Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love joy, 
peace. And I think the peace there doesn't just mean an inner peace and an inner shalom, but also an interrelational peace. It means that we are at peace with other people. We're striving to be peacemakers. So love, joy, peace, patience. These are social virtues, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Self-control in dealing with our anger, self-control in in how we act out our greed, our lust, uh, the things that we would have, the desires we have that are contrary to righteousness. Self-control learns how not to act on those desires. And so what we're, what we're doing here is we are, again, not pretending, but making the effort to put on righteousness, to put on, to clothe ourselves with these virtues of the Holy Spirit. And so it says in Psalm 11, let me just read a couple things here and then we'll talk about this and then pray through it. In Psalm 11, verse 1, in the Lord, I take refuge in Yahweh, in the I am, in he is, I will take refuge. I take refuge is a word picture, right? It's poetry. And so we we want to have an image of ourselves taking refuge in God. We're not coming to God in our own righteousness. We're not coming to God in a way that we deserve to be here. We better remove our shoes and we take refuge because we are on holy ground. He is holy, but we take refuge in his holiness. We take refuge in his righteousness. We take refuge in him as our righteousness, in him as our shield. And we take refuge even in our sin. We're coming to him with our sin, taking refuge in him from his wrath. We take refuge in him from his own wrath. That's what it means to be a believer in the gospel, to be a believer in Christ. So verse three is saying when the foundations are destroyed. So we might feel like we live in a culture right now where righteous foundations are falling and the cultural commitment to certain righteousness is being turned upside down. And I think that's true. Um, but it has never been a time. We may, we may have this fantasy where we think that somehow our culture was committed to righteousness before. But in those years, we had slavery or we had Jim Crow laws or other laws that favored one race over another. So there's never been a time where our country has been the righteous in spite of what you may think. At the same time, there are some righteous virtues that are being turned upside down with the sexual revolution and other things. And so what what do we do? Well, we just want to make sure that we're committed to righteousness, which is not involving ourselves as judges of other people, It involves us in being people who are committed in our own self to be people of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So verse 4 says, the Lord is in his holy temple. God is holy, the creator of this universe. Holiness is one of the most common attributes ascribed to God in the Bible. I think it's the only attribute ascribed three times. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. That's in Revelation. Isaiah in chapter 6 says, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. The holiness is God's perhaps most premier attribute, that he is transcendent. 
He is not us. He is the God that created this universe. If you just look at the stars in the sky, the God that created this universe is, if he calls himself holy, then I better pay attention. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes see. Verse 5, the Lord tests the righteous. So again, the righteous is not those without sin. The righteous are those who are committed to being on the righteous team. We want to wear his shirt. We want to be with God. We want to be with him, taking refuge in him, taking refuge in his holiness, and taking refuge in his righteousness and being committed to righteousness. The Lord tests us in that commitment. So we we have to see our day as a time when God is not just walking with us, answering our prayers, helping us. Those are all true, but he's also testing us to see if we're committed to righteousness or if we're just committed to ourself. And that's what that's what life is in a lot of ways. And so verse 7, for the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. And that's just simply, that's the last verse of this psalm. That's simply saying what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, right? He says, the blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And here David is saying the righteous shall see God's face. This is another example where Jesus is immersed in the Psalms. And I think this verse seven, he loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face is probably the inspiration of Jesus when he says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God in Matthew 5, 8. And so if we look at this Sermon on the Mount, we looked at this before, but blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Meek is humility. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God, children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We can look at what the Apostle Paul writes in Colossians 3, Verse 5, when he says, put to death, therefore, and the therefore is because he just described the gospel. Since you've been raised with Christ, since you have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And so he says in verse 5, put to death, therefore, because that's who you are, because that's true of you. Whatever put to death, whatever belongs to your earthly nature in the sense of, of corruption. He's talking about the earthly values. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. So this is a good biblical definition of what it means, what unrighteousness is. Unrighteousness is sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, idolatry, and he says in verse 8, rid yourself of anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and the image of his creator. And so righteousness is the image of our creator that we're putting on. We're putting off evil desire, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, greed, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language, lying. 
and we're putting on the image of Christ. Therefore, he says in verse 12 of Colossians 3, I'm reading, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Now, we are holy in Christ because our life is in Christ, with Christ, in God. We've been raised with him. We've died with him. We are holy in him. We are dearly loved already. We're not trying to earn holiness. We're not trying to earn love. We have it in Christ. We want to keep the horse before the cart here in the gospel. But he says, because that's who you are, clothe yourselves with compassion. Now, this is righteousness, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Sounds a lot like the Holy Spirit's fruit in our life of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and Galatians 5.22. So same kind of thing. Verse 13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has any grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Over all these virtues, these righteous virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. So we see a list here of righteousness. Righteousness is compassion, kindness, humility. This is what holiness looks like. This is what righteousness looks like. Gentleness, patience, bearing with each other, forgiving grievances against us, just as against others, just as the Lord forgave us and love over all these things, put on love and let the peace of Christ rule in your relationships since you're members of one body and gratefulness, being thankful. These are the biblical lists for righteousness. Again, righteousness is not standing off aloof, folding our arms, judging the unrighteous. That's not what righteousness is in the Bible. Righteousness is these kinds of social virtues of kindness and love, patience and forgiveness and gentleness and humility and putting on peace and gratefulness and gratitude and appreciation. And this is, this is what now, going back then to Psalm 11, God is wanting us to pursue. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. So he is holy and he is, his eyes see the Lord tests the righteous. He's wanting us to develop in these righteous virtues. For the Lord is righteous. He is loving. He is kind. He is compassionate. The Lord is righteous and he loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. So this is what we want to pursue. Repentance from our sin means we want to pursue this kind of righteousness in our lives because this is who God is. He is holy. And this is putting on Christ and putting on the image of Christ in our lives. So kind of the way it works in the Christian life is on the one hand, we come to God as our refuge. We take refuge in the Lord and his forgiveness and his grace and his mercy for us in Christ, that he is our righteousness. He is our complete sacrifice for our sin and that he is going to give us a resurrection, a body without sin, a body raised in glory and power and without sin and with a spiritual reality to it that is no longer cut off from the realities of heaven because heaven's going to return to earth. And so this is our hope. And we live in that now. Our life is 
we have died and our life is hidden with Christ in God. When he appears, we will also appear with him in glory. And so we take our sin to him and we know that he takes our sin from us. At the same time, we want to pursue righteousness. We take refuge in the Lord and he is also in his holy temple. This is poetic language. God is enthroned in holiness as creator of this universe and he is holy and his eyes, that's poetic, he doesn't have eyes, he's, he doesn't have a body, he's not limited by eyes. He sees everything. The Lord tests the righteous and so we are the righteous in Christ and he is bringing tests our way so that we learn to pursue righteousness rather than choosing sin, choosing disobedience, choosing our own way and rejecting his light, rejecting his love, rejecting his righteousness. These are tests that happen in our lives and we want to learn to put on righteousness as the Apostle Paul says, as Jesus says. We want to hunger and thirst for righteousness because that's when we are satisfied. For the verse 7, the last verse of this psalm, for the Lord is righteous, he loves righteous deeds, the upright shall behold his face. And so let's take a moment now and pray and let's meditatively pray the desire to become what God is going to make us fully in Christ, that we would become that more and more in our hearts, in our lives, in our minds, in our bodies, as we put on Christ and put off sin. So let me lead us in a time of prayer. Oh Lord, the I am, you are life itself. You are the source of all that exists, this entire universe comes from you. You are unbelievably, incomprehensibly holy, transcendent, exalted, beyond anything my mind can possibly conceive. And yet, somehow in the paradox of those who exalt themselves shall be humbled, but those who humble themselves shall be exalted. Somehow in the paradox of how you work, the God that created this universe cares about me, is focused on me, loves me, loves me to become human in the person of Jesus, to die for my sin and to give me a resurrection just like Christ's in righteousness and holiness, and power, and glory, immortality, and having this sense of spiritual explosion of life and joy in your kingdom when heaven comes back to earth. This is your plan for me. This is the story that I'm, I'm in. This is my life story that I'm in according to the gospel. But I live in unrighteous times. The foundations are destroyed in many ways. What can the righteous do? I want to be righteous. I want to be among the righteous. That's the, the jersey I want to wear. I want to be on that team. I want to be on the team of the righteous in Christ. And so, Lord, I take refuge in you. I take refuge in you. I take refuge in your righteousness. I take refuge in your holiness, your holiness, your righteousness. I like what David said in Psalm 38, that I am bowed down and prostrate before you, that I have nothing to offer except the need for your mercy, the need for your grace 
to take refuge in your holiness, to take refuge in your mercy, to take refuge in your righteousness, refuge in your grace. For you are in your holy temple, enthroned in your holiness, and this entire universe is your temple, your dwelling. And your throne is in heaven forever and ever. You are enthroned forever and ever. You are holy and righteous, are enthroned, and you are testing me because you want me to develop my righteousness muscles. You want me to develop the virtues of righteousness because you are righteous. You want me to develop the virtues of holiness because you are holy. And you are my Father, and I am in your image, being restored to your image in Christ. I'm going to be raised in a body restored to your image, but even now you want to produce your image in me by your Holy Spirit. For the Lord is righteous, and he loves righteous deeds of love and joy and peace and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. That's what I want, Lord. I want more love, and joy, and peace to manifest in my life as I treat others with love, and I have this sense of gratitude, this sense of appreciation, of treating people with forgiveness, and treating people with grace, and treating people with mercy and kindness and compassion, treating people with humility rather than pride and insecurity, that I would just be able to die to myself and be loving, just like you are loving and died to yourself for me, that I would be forgiving as part of dying to myself, just like you died to forgive me, that I would not be a person of anger or rage or slander or abusive language, or greed, or sexual immorality, that I would put off that self that's being corrupted by this world, that I would just put it off and I would put on this new self because I have died and I have been raised with Christ and I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realm and I have already died and my life is hidden with Christ in God. He is my glory. This new self that's being renewed in the image of my creator, the image of God. And because I am holy in Christ and because I am dearly loved in Christ, that's already who I am. I want to clothe myself with compassion. I want to clothe myself with kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. And I want to just bear with other people rather than being short with other people and impatient. I want to bear with them and be merciful and forgiving. And above all these virtues of righteousness, I want to put on love, love toward people, because you dearly love me. I want to be somebody who loves other people because you love them. I want to love those you love. And I want to have the peace of Christ rule in my heart so that I can be at peace with all people. And I want to be a person of gratitude and appreciation and the joy of your mercy and the joy of your forgiveness. 
So I pray, Father, I pray that you would, by your Holy Spirit, produce Christ in me, clothe me with Christ, clothe me with the virtues and the righteousness of Christ, not just in how I stand before you and take refuge in you, but also in how I treat those closest to me, those in my family, my spouse, those I work with, my friends, those who oppose me, those who speak ill of me, those who accuse me falsely, that I would treat them with the righteousness of Christ, compassion, kindness, peacemaking, love, forgiveness, bearing with them. I pray that you would more and more by your Holy Spirit clothe me with righteousness and self-control to turn away from unrighteousness. And I know that every temptation is a test. In fact, that's the same word in the New Testament language of the Greek it was written in. The word for testing and the word for temptation is the exact same word. Every temptation is a test. Every test brings temptation. But you are testing because you are wanting to develop righteousness in me. So you test the righteous. And I pray that you would enable me, Father, just as it says in the Lord's Prayer, lead me not to fall in temptation, but to deliver me from evil. And I want to hunger and thirst for righteousness. I want to be pure in heart because I know that one day I will see God. Only righteousness will satisfy one who is newly made in the image of God in Christ. And so I pray that you would satisfy me with your righteousness. Forgive me of my sin. I don't want to live a double life. I want to bring my sin to you and be honest about it, not hide it, not pretend. And yet at the same time, I want to pursue righteousness and live a devoted, single-hearted life, devoted heart, a single heart, a single-minded life to you. And I can only do so by your mercy and grace and by your Holy Spirit and Christ who lives in me. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.